Welcome to the Meta Era Nerd Podcast. This week's meta, Stranger Things. And we're your nerds, Rico and Marcus. Uh, so this is going to be our very first Pacific episode where we're going to cover all things Stranger Things. That was the big watch uh, this past weekend. Uh, it came out Friday. Again, I think we mentioned it before that it was going to be season four, the penultimate season. And it was going to be broken up into two parts. Uh, we got seven episodes this time around. We're waiting for a, right under a month now. On July the 1st, we're going to get the final two episodes, which I think are both considered uh, confirmed to be long episodes. I think hour and a half, closer to two hour range, if I remember correctly. Full length, uh, is what they call it, right? Yeah, basically, basically, that's what they said, that they're going to be akin to like full length movies. Uh, I do want to preface this by saying that this is going to be a complete spoiler review, discussion, what have you. So if you haven't seen Stranger Things, uh, you don't want to hear anything, you're, you haven't started it, you're midway in, whatever. Spoilers, 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 spoilers from here on out. So that's the warning. Uh, so yeah, I'll throw it over to you, Mark. As you just finished it, uh, what was it? Not yesterday, but oh, yeah, yesterday, Tuesday, or last oh, night? Yeah, yesterday. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, last night, last night. Yeah. So, uh, initial reaction, initial reaction, right from the get go. I loved the ending performance. Um, obviously, that's all. You know, it's no well the ending performance of episode seven, right? Because we still don't know how the season actually ends. But it's a, it was a hell of a cliffhanger. They're at the end, uh, the plot twists are at the end. It makes for great television, and you know, and when you have performances and scenes that really just drive the entire season or you know, home, um, it, it works, it works, and it was phenomenal in the sense that we have Jamie Campbell, Campbell Bauer, who was phenomenal there at the end. Uh, we had great performances in, in the new characters as well, right? We saw Eddie, we had um. Argyle, uh, and we even had great, you know, supporting uh, roles from the last season's character, season three, and Murray, uh, who just totally killed it. Uh, for, so across from the performances, the scenes, the ending, the 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 different storylines was was excellent. You know, I I I loved it. I loved it hands down. Um, I'm not going to go into you know the seasons just yet. A little obviously in a, in a little while more we'll get into i'll get into season one two three and four just you know just briefly uh as for comparison's sake but ultimately first reaction right from the get-go loved it it was great awesome performances i was i wanted to see more the great thing about this season is that it did not feel like i was watching hour and a half hour 45 minute episodes it really didn't i could have watched more i could have sat there and kept watching all the way up until the end it was binge worthy it was excellent Hands down for me from, you know, first impressions. Yeah, I pretty much got the same thing. Uh, I know when people heard that this was going to be um, a little bit of a shorter season, but with long episodes, some people were like taken aback by that. Like, oh, do I really want to watch like seven different movies, essentially?
season. Uh, you're you're it, each episode was was a feature film, you know. So yeah, and uh, I I pretty much came with the same takeaway that like Marcus said. Uh, I didn't feel like I was uh, like it was dragging. Uh, overall, I didn't feel like it was uh, too long or too much of a chore or investment to sit down for uh, you know an hour at a time at least. And um, the way I did it is I watched two episodes, took a little break two episodes which worked out perfect because i ended i ended my night watching episode four and that one just blew my mind then i came back the next day and watched the the final three uh so i started it thursday night finished it friday during the day and man it was a hell of a season uh in terms of so, so far, far, so far. <laughs> I always got it because, uh, hey, there's still a lot. There's still two more, man. It's great. Yeah, in terms of where I rank it already, like, I'm, I was already, like, thinking to myself, like, like, where do I have it? Where do I have it? Because I really, really enjoyed it. I don't know where you have it, but I have it up there. My least favorite season was probably season two. Uh, then season three. And then season one before this one. Uh, so for me, it was one, three, two. This one, I feel like for sure is already way better than season two in my book. Um, so I think depending, depending how it goes uh, with, these la- with these final episodes, I think it's either the best or second best season in my, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I was gonna. Um, I want to talk about that a little later. But if you're bringing it up now, then by all means. Um, as far well, as ranking yeah. is concerned, go on. No, we, we 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 can wait. We can wait on that. I have some other things I wanted to cover too. So all right. I mean, all right, cool. Then I'll wait on that. No worries. Okay. So then, uh, my first thing I wanted to go into was character. Uh, one of the big things that I love about Stranger Things, and specifically this season, is how it's you we we have so many unique characters and they all have their place within this series they all have a role to play um you know you have your your fighters you have your nerds you have your investigators uh you have your villains you have your superhero uh you have your evil geniuses like you have a little bit of everything um some of our new uh shout out to some to some of the new characters uh Eddie uh I thought was phenomenal a great new addition real quick took to him uh I loved the that they played into that like misunderstood character but like he was really like a teddy bear you know uh Henry or or 001 phenomenal character uh i also somebody that i feel like uh i haven't heard talked about a lot is jason the captain of the basketball team holy shit i thought his performance was really good too like to me talk talk about a guy that in the future is gonna like lead his own cult because of how he speaks you know he speaks and people listen um it's funny that you mentioned Jason just because one, as soon as I saw it and strange, I mean, 
Jason was probably one of my least interesting favorite, you know, characters here, here in the season. Because right from the get-go, I'm watching it, and I'm over here making jokes. I'm like, oh, look, it's Troy Bolton from High School Musical, you know what I mean? And I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cracking this joke, and this guy's the captain of the team and all these things. I just felt he, he was, I mean, his character was a little standoffish to me. Obviously, he was a super extra, super dramatic, and obviously for, for, for you know, the show's sake, you're, you're going to need that kind of character to kind of push along the progression of the show, right? Mm-hmm. But when he spoke, <laughs> and uh, what is it, right in episode one where he's trying to fire up the crowd and he he does a comparison between the basketball, winning the basketball championship and all the people who died in the mall fire and, you know, in Hawkins and this championship's for them. He fires them all up. I will yeah. give him credit for that speech because I was like, what the hell is this guy talking about? <laughs> yeah. And, and, so. and to be honest, to be honest, that his speeches for me personally were that first one was a little bit of a miss for me but in the scheme of the show he he just had this presence that he was like a a leader people looked to him and whether or not he was like a meathead or whatever you want to whatever like uh what's the right word was it would would the word be like trope or that you want to throw on him being like a, just an athlete, dumb jock, whatever. Yeah. Uh, he had a presence. And I feel like they just nailed so many of the uh, like his character. And I didn't, not that I liked his character, but I thought he was a good character. He was a strong character. And I, the whole time, I just was like, these guys cannot catch Eddie. These guys cannot catch Eddie. I don't want him to catch Eddie. I don't want him to catch Eddie. And then it shifts to like, man, these guys better not mess with Dustin. They better not hurt Dustin. And I felt like that was because he did such a good job. And I knew that if he got to them, he was going to hurt them, rough them up. And, you know, he starts off with just his little, his little gang of misfits that are his little underlings. And then by the end of the season, he has the whole town behind him. Uh, not the whole town, uh, minus like the parents and family and people oh. that that know like our characters. But the thing, uh, like I said, he, he he's a cult leader. Is what he becomes. Mm-hmm. I I I find him, I I still find him kind of weak. The thing the, in in my case, I just I didn't resonate with him at all. His I I liked his speeches. He was good, but as a character overall. I mean, in my case, he was necessary. He obviously necessary for the plot, necessary for the progression, necessary part of the story. I just, you know, I guess, I guess, I just didn't like him, or for whatever reason, I just think I didn't think. I honestly thought, obviously, and when I'm you're comparing him to all the other characters that we've been introduced to that are already there, he's oh, he's the weakest one. You know what I mean? And and I don't. He just he just he just came off, and every time he was on screen, I was like, oh, here we go, Jason. You know, Jason. You know. Yeah. I, I guess, for, yeah. I guess for me, it's because I'm not saying I'm not comparing him to to Eddie, to Dustin, to Nancy, to Eleven, to these new characters that are in the foreground. To me, uh, at the forefront of the story, I'm to me like as a background character because ultimately he's not the real villain of the story. Uh, for him to be like a side background character and still have 
that much of a presence and i didn't like his character either like i say his his speeches were very miss with me were very much a miss with me because i'm not on his side i'm on our our boy sides you know what i'm yeah. saying uh but just that he put that worry in the back of my head like man like i just hope he doesn't catch up with our boys like to yeah, me we, I, I thought the per, the performance the performance was just spot on uh and yeah, uh, I don't know if you want to throw in your two cents too with uh, Henry and Eddie, or if you want to wait on those. Eddie um, was right from the get-go, you know, and he was introduced right in the first episode, right? The Hellfire Club. I thought he was a great addition. And I really liked that they're introducing more. And I guess that obviously, you know, because our main characters are older, they're able to kind of bring in, the, you know, this just, a, 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 you know, this older crowd because we're, we're giving Steve... Steve doesn't really have anybody, and there's that running joke is a babysitter. Jonathan's God knows where over in California. Nancy's here. So those were kind of our guys. So then we then we were introduced to Robin. We had Robin last year, which was excellent also. Awesome. I love Robin. And then we get Eddie. So now we have Robin, Eddie, Nancy, Steve. Hey, that's awesome. And, you know, Jonathan, again, you know, that whole side story or that whole story kind of being pushed, you know, for whatever reason to, to the side to kind of focus on this, I guess, older, you know, older 20 late teen group it's it was it was great so eddie was awesome i still want to see and uh, i'm not sure argyle i know argyle seems to be just a comic relief at this point kind of mm-hmm. and, and but the thing with this show is i never really see anybody that does not serve a purpose so argyle is going to serve some sort of purpose um still still kind of trying to figure out you know where we go with that um as far as our older i guess what late teens, early twenty characters are concerned. Mm-hmm. So that's my two cents with those, with them, anyways. Um, with zero zero one, again, just kind of getting in more in, in in depth as far as this character is concerned. When he was introduced, and I, I was like, man, I know this guy. He was he was um, young Grind- young Grendelwald from from the Harry Potter series. Uh, but that's not where I was remembering from. I said, man, he it was something else. From uh, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, played by Johnny Depp, he was Anthony Hope um, in that in that series. He falls in love with Johnny Depp's daughter. Yeah, you know, takes her away. So that was my first instance, and he was really great in that film. You know, playing this quiet, whatever. So when I saw him, I was like, this is going to be pretty good, you know. And he, you know, awesome performance. You know, his his shift midway through when he's this good guy trying to help Eleven do all these things, and then we says, oh, well, I have this right here, and he he looked like he really meant well. His facial expressions were spot on. The cinematography, when the shift happened, when the chip came out, his facial expressions, his speech, his demeanor, um, the camera shots on him playing this villainous, you know, that villainous roles, he was just good. And I kept thinking in the back of my head is I want to see this guy just, you know, ultimate villain and whether it's here or some in another series ultimate villain look look at look look at the way he portrays his speak the way he speaks his mannerisms his eyes and that's what i mean by you know with the cinematography right with the shots they they had some great close-ups on his face as he was speaking you know very um just you know demented it was a performance that just obviously encompassed exactly what you know stranger things is an entirety is about right and this guy was playing two or three different parts perfectly in the last 20 minutes so he was a more than pleasant surprise glad he came in and you know just i want to see more of him 
I'm, I'm, he, he plays the Vecna, right? Like the Vecna is like obviously worth the makeup and all that stuff. He's Vecna, right? Like, I'm yes. not saying in the show. I'm saying like, like yeah, in, uh, as an actor. Uh, uh, yeah. In in terms of uh, like he's term- the voice. He's 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 makeup. He's doing the makeup, right? Like that's all him. Uh, that I'm not actually. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's the one going up under. Uh, under makeup and all that, uh, and I'm not sure if it's his voice either, to be honest. Yeah, see, I'm I'm not sure. I can look it up in a quick, and I'll probably, I'll probably look it up in a bit. But he's Vecna, and speaking of Vecna, going to characters, and I, I'm gonna hand it off to Rico right when I'm done here, just because I'm getting into the whole Vecna stuff. Amazing villain, great villain. I would like to see more. Obviously, this guy's just evil from the get go. Um, and I've always appreciated that. And they even call him, oh, well, if the Mind, mind Flayer is the boss and the Demogorgon is their foot soldier and he's their five-star general, you know, they, call, they, they start, you know, c- calling this guy just a right-hand man. And usually in a lot of different series, this right-hand man, this dark wizard, like as they call him in Stranger Things, usually seems to be more powerful than the actual, you know, main bad guy. It's, I'm not saying all the time, but usually seems to be the guy to take down to get to the big boss. You know what I'm saying? So Vecna was great, <laughs> loved everything about him, how creepy he was. His makeup was just golly, it, it, you know, it was good. Um, no, actually, I'm not even sure if that's computerized. I don't even know if it's computerized or not. It might be, but it looked good if it is. It looked amazing. Um, but excellent, excellent bad guy. Can't wait to see, you know, exactly. Now that we know zeros are one, the connection between him and Vecna, obviously being the same person. I want to see where that kind of goes. But I'm going to hand it off to you. What do you think of Vecna? Uh, initially, right off the bat, in the in the preview, uh, in the preview on the trailer, I immediately was like, "Yes, finally." Uh, one of my big issues with season two was that we really didn't have like a physical manifestation of the mind flare. It was really more just the visions, and then we got the whole storyline with the tunnels being under Hawkins. Uh, and I think we did get like demi. They were like mini demi gorgons, if I'm not mistaken. I think they call them demi dogs. They yeah. call them demi dogs. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I I like that physical bad guy. You know, there is a there is something to like also being in people's heads or whatever. But here, right off the bat, I loved his look. I loved the menace, the menacing look. Uh, and then, uh, like you mentioned, the the backstory and. Uh, just uh, the character of uh, Henry and his father, Victor, was, uh, it was an interesting story. And then at the same time over here on this other, in this other storyline, we have uh, Eleven going back into her repressed memories and uh, encountering this uh, orderly. I think his name as an orderly was Peter. Yeah, I think he went by the name Peter. Or I don't know if they mentioned his name or not, but in one storyline he's Henry Creel. In another storyline he's Peter. Then we learn that Peter is actually one and becomes Vecna. So Henry, Peter, one, and Vecna are all the same person. Yes. And like you said, the him being nice with Eleven kind of guiding her uh, is a very welcome thing for her because she's kind of 
always used to be in the outcast, being the outcast, being an outlier, whether it was uh, in the Hawkins lab or even amongst the, the boys when she escapes. You know, she's always different. She's always on the different side. And yeah, her having first couple episodes. Mm-hmm. And her having that person that's gonna help her out, guide her when it seems like nobody else will, you know, uh just extending that olive branch. They form a little bit of a bond. As soon as I heard him mention, have you ever heard about zero zero one? It gave me vibes of like uh Palpatine and Darth or uh Sidious telling Anakin in Star Wars, uh, you know, have you ever heard the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise? And it's like, whoa, where is this going? Immediately I said, oh, there, this guy, it's him. It's him. Uh, and I thought, oh, I've got this figured out. But then all that completely went out the window, like you said, when they removed that little, uh, I don't know what exactly they refer to it as in the in the it's show. Something. Yeah, he called but it they something. removed that little limiter, or I'll just say that for now, that limiter, or that check for his powers. Uh, his character just completely changed. And like you said, credit to the actor. You said his name was Jamie Campbell Bauer? Yeah. You said, uh, I remember him from the Twilight series. I remember he was one of the Volturi. And he wasn't too he wasn't too featured in that. He was Caius. He was in New Moon and both Breaking Dawns. He was the youngest Volturi. Mm-hmm. Uh but he wasn't too featured like in that. It was more uh Michael Sheen, so we didn't really get I didn't really know too much about this guy. I guess you had a little bit more experience uh you said you remember him from Sweeney Todd, but I was just so very impressed with that uh, flick of the switch uh, with his character. And again, like the best, they all, people always say like the best characters are those that believe they're right. And in his mind, he's not a bad guy. He thinks that he believes, I think that humans are stagnant and that he needs to help them move forward and i think he uh one of the things that we see as vecna is that he relieves people of suffering yeah that's what he like and he he doesn't he doesn't just kill them he absorbs them and as he absorbs he's supposed to become stronger right Mm -hmm. well it seems like it anyways um he absorbed one two well, just two, if we know. Oh, three, if you can. Three. Patrick, yeah. Yeah. Three, so. and then uh, Max was, his, Max was his, his one failure. Yeah. And then it seems like towards the end of the season, his next victim or his next target is Nancy. Yeah, and it's strange. It's, it's, it's real cool what they do, and I've always been a big, a big fan of, you know, all the connection, just if they're able to connect piece by piece, you know, everything that's kind of transpired and happened in the series. When they go and you see Barb in the pool, always, always awesome, cool, super cool. You know, I would even call it like, not, it's not even an Easter egg, but you know, it's a, to see something like Barb coming back in season four, dead in the pool. Hey, Nancy, remember this? I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to remind you and I'll keep reminding you. And it's, it's awesome to see that 
there, there's a lot of implica- a lot of implications that Vecna has just been that guy since season one who's kind of just been making the, all these wheels turn from the upside, upside down. And obviously, you know, he he must have been in mind, and he's just saying, "Nancy, let me remind you, you forget. Let me remind you." All these flashbacks come out, you know, when she was with Steve inside, and you know, just seeing Barb, you know, on that pool getting sucked down again, dragged down again, and Nancy really reliving her nightmare. You know, super awesome callback, and you know, Vecna just again being super cool with bringing back and con- making all these connections all the way back to season one. So that was, that was awesome. Yeah. So, uh, one of my highlights actually I was going to go into was episode seven. Uh, again, we already touched a little bit on Henry 001's backstory. Uh, every, uh, how it tied all the storylines together was also amazing. Um, one another thing uh, for that episode, episode seven specifically, I think it was called the massacre at Hawkins Lab. Massacre right? at Hawkins Lab. Um, the the rope scene between the real world and the upside down, I thought was awesome. I thought yeah. that was so so cool. <laughs> I don't think it's a rope, but what is what do they use? Like a sheet use a or something? Sheet, a bed sheet, yeah. They, a bed, they a bed, bed and a bed sheet. Um. And then I also made note of the of the Barb callback. And like you say, Vecna, again, playing with Nancy, putting these bad thoughts in her of past trauma, just like he does with other characters. And essentially, what we come to learn is that that means you're next. You have 24 hours. He preys off the trauma of his victims, it seems. Yes. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that was one of the highlights for me. Uh, I don't know if you have anything else to add there on Episode 7, or we can go into well, the other... It's funny because it's we're, we're, we're working backwards, but that's okay. We're going from chapter seven all the way back. No, no. Well, for chapter seven, it's just my highlight. And, and this is besides, you know, because um, when the four, I really, really like the, again, and I mentioned already, where you have Steve, Eddie, Nancy, and Robin. They, it's their turn. They go into the, um, into the upside down. And it, I, it's, it's, it's at the beginning of episode seven, right? Where they're fighting off those bats, <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. like it's it's again cinematography shots, man. Just they're being hell out of these things, right? Eddie swinging this oar, right? Stabs the one, and then it finishes off with Steve just grabbing the damn thing by the tail, whack whack, and then pa, and then it kind of looks up, and he bleeds from his mouth. I said fatality in my head, dude. It was just it was that epic, and oh my god, I was like, what a way to start, what a way to start the film, that. That whole storyline, just when it came together with all them, it was, I was looking forward to their side, their piece every time. Um, so that was one of my highlights um, with those four guys. And then after that, I already mentioned, you know, 001. That was another one of my favorite parts. Where it's, and it's just the speech. So he's just talking to Eleven. Nothing else. It's just the speech. I've always had a big thing uh, with speeches and, you know, the, the way of, of main villain monologues, you know, their way through a, through a scene and the one that comes off the no country for old man. If you ever seen that film uh, where Javier Bardem has that great monologue, if you know, you know, Um, but anyways, yeah, excellent scene. That was one of my highlights from episode seven again with zero zero one. And I'm sure there's more, but off the top of my head and just for, you know, simplicity's sake right now, I'm going to pass it back on to Rico just so we can continue on. (laughs) Yeah. So my other, my other highlighted episode was episode four. Um, to me, um, the other huge episode, even before I saw this, 
I was hearing a lot of people talk about this episode, uh, people that saw it early, whatever there was uh, screenings or uh, however they got to see it early or uh, what do you call them? Like like uh, people that review. Pre-screenings, yeah, pre-screenings, yeah. Screenings. pre-screenings for people that are going to do reviews and stuff like that. I just kept hearing episode four, episode four. So I had high expectations and I was not disappointed. Um. One of the big things at the beginning, for sure, was uh, I thought the whole Victor Creel storyline and the horror aspect of the episode of, like, who is this monster? What's he going to tell us? And uh, we got uh, we got a little cameo there by Mr. Freddy Krueger himself. Robert England. Hell yes. Yeah, Robert awesome, England. Man. So awesome. who, who, who better to play that, that, uh, that character that encompasses, like, horror aspect of that episode um a little bit of comedy too in that in that uh storyline with robin and her kind of taking the lead and getting them audience with this uh guy that's said to have murdered his whole family in hawkins uh and then we get he uh through his story and through the flashback that we kind of get with him a little bit we learn a little bit about uh about what possibly is going to help us in the fight against Vecna. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing would be, uh, by this time, Max has already seen uh, some visions. She's seen the clock. And like I mentioned earlier with uh, Nancy and the Barb thing, when you start to see these visions, have the headaches, or you start off with the headaches, they say that your timeline is probably about a week or so of headaches. Once you see the vision of the clock and see those kinds of things, you know that you have a day. So the whole storyline around what would you do if you knew you only had a day to live and that Max, Max is the focal point of the episode and delivers like such a powerful performance, I thought, not just with the end scene, but with along the way, she writes letters. She gives, she, she has things that she wants to say to everybody, but she can't say them. So she writes them. And from the, from the episodes before this, like you just see her as that uh, traumatized kid that just isolates, doesn't really say much, has to go to counseling, obviously has issues. Uh, and then it kind of just all culminates in the last scene where we get part of that horror aspect back and the the uh, the things that we've learned in music from Nancy and Robin. And we put them all together and then we have this imagery of. Um, of how other people. And things that you care about is what's going to help you deal with your issues and ultimately help you escape your demons. In this case, her trauma and Vecna. And just the music, the cinematography, the scene, the monster, Max, the emotion, the memories just blew me out of the water. And... Oh, well, that's it. (laughs) What I mean? Oh, well, I was, I loved it. 
everything about the ending was amazing. And I was a huge fan of Billy in season three. So mm-hmm. you can ima- ma- you know, imagine my delight when um, I saw Billy there. But Billy has that small line and, you know, obviously there to add to that trauma, right? Vecna's pa- playing with her memories by using Billy because that's Max's biggest regret, uh, you know, through and through. Billy, you know, and I was, and, and you know, Rick, we kept hyping episode four, episode four, kept hyping it up. And I'm like, okay, can't wait, right? Can't wait. When she goes and she finds herself in the upside down, you know, the Reds, again, phenomenal job excellent television you know the way they uh portray everything like this you know on a screen she gets caught up she looks like she's about to die she's choked out music playing music plays the entire scene just shifts slow-mo running and it just it gets very intense you know and the, we're never sure if somebody's gonna die because the show has no problem killing off characters it, i don't think it's killed off a main character it's killed off main side character and stuff like that but we're never really sure if it's ever going to kill off a main character or, or or it just might there towards the end. So Max just kind of dealing with, like Rico said, right, all of her, all of her demons at one point. It's, it's, a, it's a very powerful and The overall themes for this particular episode are powerful as well. And I think that's why it just, it, it gave me the chills when I saw that, that particular scene because it's just, it's, it's latching. It, it latches onto you and everybody's had some sort of, you know, dilemmas or or issues in their life that they just needed a shoulder to lean on or just needed somebody she isolates herself she she's you know wants to stay away from people she's not really sure how to express herself and she doesn't know how to go about things right experiencing you know these different types of traumas she was the focal point of the entire episode she did an amazing and that that's still an understatement she did a phenomenal job expressing and showing what a 10 year old or you know i'm sorry not 10 in this case already 15 what a 15 year old 16 year old might already be going through so it was intense and i'm sure 15 16 year olds probably or they do feel the same way so when you have this you know feeling these feelings how do you express yourself and it fits into her character she writes them she doesn't talk about it she goes and talks to Billy in front of a stone, which let's be honest, even people have a lot of problems speaking out loud to nothing. It feels awkward. People have a problem speaking to somebody that's no longer, no longer around. It, it feels awkward, but it does create that, that relief. It does just, ex, you know, ex, exhausts all of those, you know, pent up feelings inside you. So to kind of see Max there at the end and just, you know, run, run for her life, epic epic scene uh, one of the other things and i'm not sure if i'm maybe thinking a little bit too much about this but it was kind of a weird thing where she mentions chrissy seven days fred is six days mine started five days ago and i'm kind of like is that a countdown that i'm kind of seeing here or you know i might be thinking too much about it um we're not really sure maybe patrick's they kind of stopped there so i might just be you know thinking about it a little too much but but overall it was great it was awesome episode four delivered through and through yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, it was just fitting that the episode was called Dear Billy. Dear Billy. Uh, I, thought, I thought, and honestly, for a second, I thought Billy was going to come and be the one in some crazy way, you know, in some surreal way, just, you know, save Max. I don't know how, you know, because they mentioned the whole angel, that little thing going on there. I thought, okay, well, that's Max's angel, right? Going to come out in the upside down because we're not really sure what's kind of what actually goes on there. So maybe Billy was going to come back in some, not come back, 
right? But just have like, like a cameo or be a little bit more, I guess, drive that emotion home that it's okay. You know what I mean? It, 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 Billy says, it's okay, Max, and kind of just lets her really, you know, release. But who knows? We might get something a little later because Billy's just a really important or really, if not the most important part in Max's overall character development. Yeah, so uh, I guess uh, some of the last couple of things I wanted to cover was um, anything that you found like a little bit nitpicky. If you had to nitpick anything about the series, what would it be? Or this my, season? My this nitpicky, season. And, 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 and... And we talked about it already before. As far as then there's there's a several storylines, some obviously more important than others. And again, we still have two episodes. So my thing, one of my things were, I'm not sure what Mike, what Will, what Jonathan. Yeah, they're they're kind of try, they're trying to find Eleven. They're trying to do something, but Eleven obviously has a bigger goal in mind. So if obviously if if one group's goal is obviously Obviously, you know, not really much of a difference since this goal, you know, who the person trying to save is trying to get their power back for the sake of Hawkins. I'm, I'm not, I want to know where their payoff is. And I expected a little bit more from the characters and again, from a whole season. So, and again, they, they don't, they don't really do anything and nothing really happens without, without something being done. Each character here does serve a purpose. So I'm just, I'm still kind of trying to figure out exactly what um, their role was or their role is. In the, in the grand scheme of things. And even then, even in overall performances, I, you know, Mike's character has always been one of my favorites in the series. I thought he was great in season one, uh, season three. And he, he kind of, Will's always been awkward, right? But Mike's, Mike's been a little, I, I want to see, I want to see what, where his character goes. You know, I, you know, that, that, that was, I guess, and it's not even really that much of a nitpicky thing. It's just me trying to figure out what's going on with the story. And I, I wanted these characters to kind of come up. Um, but that's one of them. That's one of them. Yeah, I, 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 I could see, I can see your exact point with that. But I think that for me, the Mike, not so much Jonathan. To me, like Jonathan is probably one of the characters that they did the most dirty in this season with him not really doing much of anything. Smoking. Just now yeah. he's becoming like a, a smoker. Yeah. Um, it seems like Argyle served more of a purpose than Jonathan, which I like the character of Argyle. So to me, that was okay. But uh, I think the reason that these, that this particular group took a hit is for a reason. So they could highlight everybody else because I think not necessarily in the last two episodes, but to me, I'm looking towards next season. And I think. In my mind, my ideas for what's coming next episode, next season, is going to be centered all around the character of Will Byers. So, so that's why I think they kind of said, let these guys take a back seat, you know, uh, because these guys are going to be a huge focal point. And that's one of the things that I appreciated a lot about this season that really it was more of like, and I, I don't mean it in a bad way, but it, it seemed like the big focal points of this season were the villain, yeah. Eleven, obviously our superhero character, and a secondary character 
And I say secondary character for Max because she's not like one of our four boys that we started with. You know what I mean? Uh, at this point, yes, she's part of the group, integrated, but still like she's not one of the original four, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I loved that. I love that, that those were like the focal points of the season, at least for me. Uh, of course, every other character had their their stuff going in. But in terms of my nitpicky stuff, it was uh, actually Hopper storyline. I loved it, but for me, at times, it was a little stagnant. I was waiting for like, okay, what's going to happen? Okay, what's going to happen? And like you mentioned, we discussed a little bit, and I thought, um, you know, the it starts off with the Joyce getting a package, Hopper's alive. She speaks to Murray. They're in contact. Then we see Hopper. Uh, he got captured. It reveals how that he actually went through the portal, ends up in getting captured in Russia. They take him to prison. Then they take him to another worse prison. They torture him. They beat him. They make him work. He asks some guy to try to help to, uh, to like, essentially uh, break... Out. Well, to break his well, not just that to break the the chains. Oh, the chains, or, or to to loosen the chains and stuff on him. And the guy like is telling him, you know, I'm gonna like hurt you, right? Uh, I just thought it was a little much, like with that, and then with him with the escape attempt, and then he escapes. He gets peanut butter, gets recaptured, comes back somehow, and, and, and yeah, and then somehow. Somehow, in his escape, he kills at least one guard, possibly another like five to eight others because he causes an explosion. And they recapture him. And rather than like, we're going to pay you back for all the guards of ours that you killed. Instead, like, we're just going to put you in this like combat scenario versus like the Demogorgon that we have hiding like in the back room. Like to me, a little bit of it just didn't make sense, and I was like, "Okay, when's it coming? When's it coming? When's it coming?" Now, on the reverse of that coin, the Joy stuff I thought was pretty funny with the pilot. What was his name? Yuri. With Yuri, I loved. I thought Yuri was funny, and then Murray and his uh, combat stuff I thought was amazing. Dude came out of nowhere, beating a black belt, and he beats the hell out of the Americans when he, they're trying to open that door. I said, "Is Murray really just going off like this? Like from where? From where? I'm a black belt. I fought 16 year olds, right? What is it? In yeah, karate class. I fought that one 16 year old, and he was pretty tough. So if I can beat him, I can beat anyone. Uh, so that was amazing. And then along that story, uh, the plane crashes, is destroyed. So you're thinking, well, how the hell are we going to get back? And then of course the payoff is there where. The payoff, at least for now, is that Joyce and Hopper are reunited. Yeah. Uh, and we have yet to see like how they're gonna get back to Hawkins. We know that that's coming in some form or fashion. Yeah, uh, but yeah, just the, the the payoff, at least up to now, wasn't hasn't to me been worth the whole thing that we went through. Yeah. And yeah. I can see the exact same thing in. In, uh, in the Will and Mike side of the story. But I think, at least in my mind, I already have an idea as to what's going to happen in the future. And I just don't have that with Hopper. I know a lot of people say, like, oh, he, Hopper's, like, he's just, like, destined to sacrifice himself for Eleven. 
you know, with his story of uh, the blame that he has yeah. for for the death of his of his daughter. Uh, I know they go into I'm not sure. I don't remember if it's season two or season three where they talk a lot more about that. He was exposed to Agent Orange when he was at war uh, and coming out of the war. They let all those people know that there was a risk of them having kids that their kids would either be stillborn, wouldn't survive, have all these issues. And even knowing that he fell in love, wanted to have a baby. Uh, what was, what was, do you remember her name? I didn't know. Yeah, I don't remember his daughter's name, but, uh, you know, he blames himself for losing his daughter. And then now, like, we have the character. We st- he starts off as just this drunk that is still beating himself up about all that. You know, he comes to have the relationship with the boys, with Joyce, with Eleven. Uh, and we want to see him get back. And I guess just because he didn't get, because we didn't see him get back. Of course, keep in mind, again, the season's not over. Uh, it felt, it just felt like it came up a little bit short. For me. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, as far as the overall storyline, Russia, him trying to get back, kind of. In my case, kind of plays more or less what you were saying about Will. Obviously, to an extent, because Will is, uh, I think Will's the key to everything. Um, and and we get that hint when Nancy opens up her diary and it says, "This is a day in, in 1983 where Will where Will first went missing. This is where the upside down. This is a date where that is stuck." So obviously, there's a connection between when Will went missing and what's still transpiring right now. So there's that huge thing where Will's gonna, I think, gonna be the, the focal point as well. But Hopper and having that connection with Eleven is 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 obviously the the go to right you know and he he mentioned it there at the end at the end of one of these episodes here at the end where he says well you know I hope we can see her again he's kind of like my daughter all these things and even Enzo Enzo was great you know played by a uh, 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 in from Game of Thrones I forgot the actor's name but he was he was exceptional and and between him and Hopper you know they just carried the scenes that they were they were in together the whole Russia stuff man that and it was I loved it. But yeah, the payoff, you know, it, it took Joyce the entire seven episodes to get there. So obviously Hopper, I think, is going to have a, a pretty much bigger role here towards the end also. But yeah, I do agree. I do agree. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I just don't see I just don't see in my mind exactly what it's going to be that Hopper's going to have to do. But uh, I, I do think also that uh, being that they took a little bit of a back, a back seat. Well, maybe not Hopper as much because i feel like his stuff was still kind of emotional uh and in, uh, more enjoyable i think more so than mike and and eddie's story uh but yeah I, I also think he'll have a really big role going forward now in terms of uh before we talk about like theories about i, I have a big theory about next season uh that i talked about or that i mentioned earlier but uh, what do you expect maybe in the last two episodes? In the last two episodes, uh, I'm just waiting for that. I'm just waiting for that. Everybody just comes together and, and you know, we've had all these storylines. So for everybody to come together and, and fight off Vecna or whatever, whether Vecna is the main bad guy, even in season five with the mind flare or, whatever, or whatnot, them coming together is what I'm looking forward to, is what I can't wait for. And just hopefully the payoff is is what I expect, especially from the build of that season four is established. 
you know, and kind of going back to those rankings, I know we had talked about as far as seasons one, two, three, and four, and you had kind of mentioned it. Season two, I thought, was the weaker finale. Had I didn't like the finale at all. I didn't even, not, not that I didn't like it. It was just not as good as the other ones. Um, you had Emo 11, and to me, it, it was the weakest one. I did enjoy season three quite a bit, and the, the finale in season three was just, awesome you know you had one finale going on with hopper and then you had billy which is again one of those excellent excellent scenes that just took over the entire you know season in that regard um yeah along uh, along with a turn around oh yeah dude (laughs) and (laughs) and and they reference that and they reference that in this season oh yeah uh, it's, it's hilarious so we even had that great and and a lot i still remember people were kind of like what but it was epic for the never ending story it was epic stuff um i really enjoyed season three uh but yeah as far as i'm as far as i'm concerned depending on how it ends season four just to me i mean it was in my opinion just might beat out season one but see but season one overall as a season itself was just it was good and i still remember watching it and you know the ending scenes for those and the finales for that one as well um for season one but yeah i'm probably on the same boat as you as far as the ratings are concerned but yeah it, it depends it depends how the how the finale goes because we have Vecna. We have, uh, you know, we have Hopper. Hopefully, we'll come into it. You know, so let's see what happens with Jonathan. Eleven. We, there are so many storylines that are just still open. So I just want to see them all converge, and that's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, and with the way they just uh, kind of put all the storylines together, uh, you know, I I don't see us being disappointed with all our characters coming together and our stories coming together. Uh, in the grand scheme of things with the end of the episodes, you know, as it, as I think as we end, we have uh, Nancy now in trouble going through the portals. She ends up getting teleported into the upside down where she sees Barb, which kind of makes it seem like she's next. Uh, We have Hopper and Joyce reunited uh, along with Murray, and we have to figure out how they're going to get back. Uh, We have Will, we have Will, Mike, Argyle and uh, Jonathan trying to get to 11 and also trying to escape the government, the government uh, agents that are chasing 11 that, the, you know, they think she's the reason behind all this. We also have Jason kind of leading the, the townsfolk trying to hunt for Dustin. Uh, uh, trying to get back from the upside down into the normal world. But then that happens with Nancy. So uh, what's going on with Steve? Uh, Probably going to try and save her. Then we also have that story of Steve and Nancy kind of having like this little tension between them of like, is there another spark there? But what about Jonathan? Like he's kind of MIA. So what's going to happen when they see each other again, finally? Um. I don't know if you remember or if you've seen all the trailers like coming into the this season. I don't remember. There's this one scene that we have yet to see that now makes a lot more sense because we learned that music is a way that you can kind of escape Vecna's trance, I would call it. Mm-hmm. And there's a see there's a scene in the in the trailer, the original trailer, where you see Eddie playing his guitar on top of 
his trailer, like full blast jamming out. So I'm excited for that. We haven't seen that. I hope that that doesn't get cut or didn't get cut. I really hope to see that. It makes a lot more sense now being that we know what we know about music and its effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was also a, a preview for next se- for the last two episodes that, that was out, that was going around. And I think the most notable things is that you see Hopper, I guess before they escape or whatever, they end up, uh, he ends up like in the Russian's lab and he sees multiple demigorgons, like demigorgon pups in, uh, in like tanks. And then he sees what essentially looks like uh, the smoke monster that was like the mind flare that took over Billy. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. So he sees like what looks like a mind flare smoke monster-ish thing. Uh, and then the other highlight was probably Eleven uh, fighting the government with her powers. With her powers back. So... A lot to look forward to, huh? So, so a lot to look forward to, but of course, it, the the big payoff is everybody back together. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping for. All right, so now my theory, maybe I don't got any. So, it's I, I'm I'm listening to you, and I want to know exactly what you think. All right, my theory is that, and this was from kind of early on. I started to, to think something like this, and then it kind of just resonated more and more with little details that I caught along the way. And some that, some that actually, one that was pointed out to me actually on Twitter, uh, I think Will's going to be the bad guy for season five. I think Will is going to go antagonist season five. And I hope that it's not in the way of like the mind flare taking over him. I hope he just is the bad guy. You just hope he's evil. I mean, I, I hope he he flips the switch and he goes bad. Now, real quick, he did take a big back seat, and I feel like that's part of why, like, we're meant to kind of forget about him. It goes with his character. Like, he moved with his family away. He doesn't really have friends. He doesn't. Uh, he is he is uniquely the only kid from our original four that has not really built any kind of connection in the way of uh, having something else. You know, Lucas has basketball. Dustin and Mike have the, their club, their D&D club, uh, the Hellfire Club. Um, and then all three boys also have relationships. Mike has L. Uh, Dustin has... What was it? What? Susie, Dustin has Susie, and then Lucas. Even though they're not, they broke up. Lucas had Max. Will has yet to have a relationship. I know there's theories about whether or not maybe he's uh, maybe he's gay, maybe he's bisexual, uh, things like that. We see that there's like a little bit of an interaction between him and a girl at school, but he does not reciprocate it at all. Uh, and there's a little bit of a a little something going on where Eleven is talking with Mike, or I don't know if he she calls him or if it's in the letter and it's just being read out, that Will's been painting something. 
and that she thinks that it's it has to do with like love or affection or something like that. The thing that was pointed out to me on Twitter is that in one of the previous seasons, Joyce points out that Will's birthday, I believe, is on September 22nd. And at the skating ring, somebody when somebody is recording, when, when those kids are recording them bullying Eleven and picking on her and stuff, in the bottom left-hand corner, you see that the date is September, the same day, I think September 22nd. Mm-hmm. So that means like Will's that was Will's birthday and nobody said a word. There was nothing going on. He didn't even he wasn't upset. It wasn't acknowledged. Uh then of course the thing about the date time kind of being frozen in the upside down. Uh to the date that he that he went there in the first place. Uh also Joyce I believe in season one mentions like, yeah, this is Will. He's like my special boy. In Henry's memories, we see that his mom says the exact same thing about him. Like, yeah, this is Henry, my special boy, which ends up being 001, a.k.a. Vecna. Uh, and if, if we kind of look at the formula that we have for bad guys in D&D they're all based on uh or for stranger things they're all based uh the villains are all based on D&D characters uh we had the demogorgon we had the mind flayer now we have vecna all which are characters known characters in the D&D universe and to me the main bad guy I don't know how much you're familiar with D&D. I've never played. I've always thought it was interesting uh, and wanted to give it a shot. But the main bad guy that you play against is whoever writes the story. And that person is typically referred to as the dungeon master. A dungeon master. And I think that's who Will is. I think that's who Will becomes. That is a super cool theory. I'm actually excited for something like that. Uh, now, they could do that of great many ways, either with that Mind flare thing, with Will kind of just saying, you know what, like, all of y'all have stuff going for you. I'm just going to embrace the fucking upside down. And just go full villain. And what does that do to the friend group? What does that do with his mom? What does that do with his brother? What does that do with him and Mike, which are kind of like the, you know, they're, they're those, that, those focal, like, best, best friends. Yeah. And what does it do to Mike, which to me, like, started off as the main character. I guess we have everybody, right? But what does it do to Mike when it's his best friend versus his girlfriend? Yeah. Uh, and they could, they, it could go so many ways, you know? Whether it costs us Mike, whether it costs us Will, whether it costs us Eleven, Hopper, Joyce. Uh, and then uh, just a little, a little thought, which I think might be, might be a little bit controversial and people might not like it. Uh, but this whole thing could just, be, could just end up being a whole game of D&D. And... Will, whether literally like 
as we've been as we've as we've seen thus far would be the dungeon master or maybe he wrote this campaign and we're just seeing the boys maybe young or older versions of themselves going back and playing D&D and this is the campaign that Will wrote. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, it's very akin to like dream sequences, right? Where yeah. well, you wake up and it's all a dream. Yeah, and I know that and I know that that's not always very popular, so that's why I say it might be controversial if they decide to go that way. I would prefer for it to be like real life stuff, but just that's that's my theory. Theory. That's a good one. Super good one. Makes you excited for something like that. Kind of see yeah. how it's gonna progress. Yeah, and man, what is that painting? I need to know. <laughs> I have no idea what that's gonna be, to be honest. Yeah, he took it, he took it with him, so yeah, he made sure to grab it before they left. So yeah. So yeah, I mean that's it for me. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add. No, that's I, I didn't have any. I didn't have any theories. I was actually very curious because you had been talking about your theory already for a while, and you kept saying, "Oh, you know, we'll, we'll wait, we'll wait." I waited, and I'm not, I'm not um, surprised that you came up with something like that, which is, I'm impressed and impressed in a good way. That is actually really, it's it's really good. It sounds good, and I would like to see a possibility like that come to fruition because that's, if was a bad guy, and now that I'm thinking about it, there, there's a lot of sense to be made by it. So. Looking yeah, and that's it. and that's the thing. Like, I I started to formulate this, and then I was as I was watching, I'm like, hold up, wait, hold up. Like, just more and more clues. Like, to like, Will is important. Will is important. Like, then the thing about him being special, and Henry was also special, and then the birthday thing, which completely went over my head. Like, I mean, they don't even mention it or talk about it like at all. Mm. Uh, so yeah. And then I I always have thought about trying D and D, and I always like thought the the concept of the dungeon master was cool. So uh, so yeah, I mean, here's to hoping, right, that it's that cool. Yeah, yeah. July first will be the end of season four, so hopefully we get season five soon, season five soon after. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. That was our a little review for Stranger Things. Just our feelings. Uh, our thoughts. Yeah, our thoughts, our little nitpicky stuff. Again, the highlights, episode four and seven for me. I don't know if it was the same for you, Marcus. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Loved them. Uh, the characters, great. You know, talk about amazing TV, music. And, uh, yeah, we're excited, Marcus said, on the 1st, July 1st. and then. Whenever we get the next season down the line. Soon. Alrighty. Thanks for joining us. Alrighty, everybody. Have a good one.